What is up, everyone? Welcome back to the latest installment of the thyroid series. It's your host, Dr. Nick, again. And we have some new developments that have gone on within the thyroid series. I know previously I had mentioned it would be 13 tips, but after re-going through the 13 tips that I had explored, my mindset has changed. And that's that's one thing I even teach a lot of people that I work with is, hey, we need to be open, we need to be transformed by the renewing of our mind. And so I've decided to reduce it down to 10 tips meaning there, there will be two tips left. So it will be 10 total instead of the original 13. But I promise you, the content will be even better and more concise in this, in this, you know, making it a little bit more clear and concise messaging. And so what I've done for tip nine, and to address your relationship with discipline, we live in a world, especially being the beginning of the year at the time of me recording this video, where many people are on New Year's resolutions, and they're trying to feel more disciplined, they're trying to get more disciplined. And I think that's really important. It's important to develop habits and behaviors and to develop some sort of sense of discipline. But what I'm going to explore with you all today is a really exciting rebroadcast of a conversation I had about a year ago with my good buddy and fellow chiropractor, Sam Weatherall, about relationships with discipline. And for the case of him and I, how you can, you'll, you'll get a sense of when discipline goes too far. You know, for the two of us, we've both been hyper regimented and I bonded with him in graduate school over both of us having a very hyper regimented workout, nutrition and study plan. But that actually came with its drawbacks, most notably on our relationship and really on our ability to experience joy. And really my theme for 2024 from not only this podcast, but from my life is transformation, transformation and to experience more joy and to allow joy back into my life and the lives of the people I work with. And I think this will be a really, really important conversation that there is an extent to which you need discipline to experience joy. You know, if you want to be able to move your arm overhead, you might want to do some overhead practices every once in a while so you can reach things on the top shelf. You want to be able to carry groceries all in one corral. You have to be able to have enough strength to do that. So there is freedom from discipline. But there's also a point, as we'll talk about in this rebroadcast, where discipline actually goes and takes away freedom. You know, you think you you have this false illusion of freedom when in reality you have little to none. And that was where I found myself about six or eight months ago. But I feel so, so healed and so, so proud to say I've done a, a, a very great job of reincorporating joy back into my life while still maintaining a certain semblance of discipline in my habits and behaviors as well. So without further ado, enjoy this beautiful rebroadcast of conversation about discipline with my buddy, Sam. Welcome to Gut Check Radio, the holistic health podcast where we explore the uniqueness of the human experience to help you navigate your health journey. I'm Nick Belden, a chiropractic physician and functional medicine practitioner. And you all know what's coming next, but the information provided in this podcast is for educational entertainment purposes only and is not intended to diagnose, cure, or treat any disease and do not apply any of the information here without first speaking with your physician. Do you remember one specific moment from grad school that really turned that light bulb on? Of, oh, maybe I'm doing too much. My, uh, in Cairo school? Yeah. <sighs> yeah. So trimester six. Um, so trimester six is when it's like nearing the the end of year two of a three and a half ish year program. That's when. So Mariah and I are living together. And for those of you who aren't listening, Mariah is my fiance. She went through Cairo school with me. Getting married in May May twentieth. Awesome. Oh, early congrats! No. Yeah, thank you. Um, anyway, I I kind of had a moment where sitting in our living room. It's the middle of tri six and you're learning all the um 
you're running all like um kind of the primary care stuff diagnosing like is this colon cancer is this liver failure like all the all that kind of things it's not really focusing on the the craft of being a, a chiropractor and i just sit there and i'm looking at mariah i'm like what are we doing what are we doing i've gotten this far I feel like I'm not comfortable with my adjusting. I feel like I don't know what I'm doing with this. I'm racking up all these dollars in student debt, student loans. Like, man, what am I doing? And that's where I just checked my case. School is great, but school's got to, the burner for school has got to go down. Like it's not necessary. I got to learn other skill sets that I'm not getting in school. And so that's where reaching out to doctors, shadowing them, getting their take on everything and their take on the profession. So expanding the perspective instead of just remaining in the narrow focus of class and coursework. And when you were in the depths pre triceps of studying so hard, what was driving you to do so much and to work so hard? Honestly, it wasn't to <laughs> So I'm probably, I'm probably, I drive, I'm driven more on negative reinforcement then positive reinforcement. So people can be like, oh man, I'm going to work super hard so I can go get the beer at the end of the day, or I can go have my cake or whatever. I work hard in the sense of like, you have been lazy for far too long. If you stay lazy, you're not going to do anything with your life. So you better get your, you know what together and make something of yourself. Like you better push it right now. Cause what else are you going to do? You're going to go back to the same mindset that you used to be and you're going to, you're going to plateau. And that's one mindset that I want to, and that's another reason why I left that one practice is I got into a place where I wasn't being challenged enough. So I wasn't climbing, wasn't having that vertical climb of feeling I was growing. I hit this plateau where, yeah, I'm seeing people yeah, I'm making a decent salary for, for being an associate, but it was just like, I'm only 28 years old. This, I should not have like this safety, comfortable feeling right now. And going to this other office, my gosh, it's been, it's been another, uh, another gaslit moment for me in terms of worth ethic. Mm. Fear is a great motivator. It is. It's an incredible motivator. Just don't want to control you. Yeah. <laughs> do you do you feel as though now working at this new practice has maybe shifted your mindset? And correct me if I'm wrong on these words, from the scarcity mindset to maybe a little more of abundance? Yes, absolutely. Hmm. Um, and I think that also comes from the leadership and the people that you surround yourself with. Um, like I know, like I'm a very spiritual guy. Like I know in scripture, it says, hey, if you own, if you can handle riches and abundance well, then you will be given more riches and abundance in our office. So I work in a max living office. So it is a high volume practice in the Midwest. It's we just hit our record. We hit we see we saw fourteen hundred thirty seven people last week. Wow. For those listeners. That's a lot. <laughs> that is a lot. Yes, that is a lot. But it's the mindset we have is it's like anybody can thrive. Everybody can thrive. Like you don't have to have a, you don't have to have this mindset of 
victim mentality or survival. It's like everybody's destined to thrive in whatever facet or shape of your life. And it's amazing to mm. not only work in that and have your leadership reflect that, but then talking that and speaking that and praying that over people. It's, mm. it's awesome. I actually, I've been going on my own spiritual journey over the last six months, started going to church again regularly, started being in scripture at least five days a week. And for me, I've I've found this dramatic shift away from fear-mongering, which I believe is a currently a huge problem, not only in healthcare, but even in the natural and alternative space. People are scaring you into avoiding gluten, dairy. You need to take all these things because all the food that's even organic is still has trace amounts of glyphosate and it's all killing us anyway. Yep. There's so much of that. <laughs> That over the last six months, I've just had such this opening myself of, wow, if if we live from this idea of abundance and that, like you just said, if, if, if you take on more, you will then receive more. I, I, I don't know where I'd be without that mindset. I imagine for you, that mindset probably just feels lighter. It, yeah. Um, it's something that really hit me. It hit me like two months before I even jumped into this current practice just because I heard the things that Mariah was going through. And I'm like, man, this place sounds awesome. And the church we go to is a very, it's a very thrive mentality, excellence church. It's, it's funny because the pastor who does CrossFit, so he's like this six foot four dude that's just jacked and he's wearing like he's wearing like these awesome suits but then he's wearing like Aaron Jordan's up on stage super charismatic great guy um but like he he will say out loud like um just we are all bad people we are all bad people but this is a place to be a place where people can come and they can know how to thrive and they know how to live and we're done with this whole victim mentality of scarcity whether it's physical or it's mental it's helping people understand that there's so much more than what they can do here and they can help it's just making people better it's literally it it, it doesn't i even tell that to the cas that we have on staff it's like don't think that just because i have a degree doesn't mean that you can't go out there and talk to somebody and help somebody with whatever they're going through it's yeah there's so much that each one of us as a known individual, whether we're a doctor of this or that or wherever you work, just speak into people, speak life into people because it's going to make them better so they can do the same thing for somebody else. Mm, that's, man, that's so powerful. Did you ever say four years ago, pre-Cairo school, did you ever imagine you would say statements along those lines? Yes and no. So like when you're... And that's where the whole discipline regimen and mindset comes in. The one, well, not the one fault, there's probably many faults, but the big thing I would, that I sensed in myself is it made me selfish. Mm. Cause it's like, I got to get this done. I got to do this. I got to do it for me to get me in the right place in the right time. And to piggyback on another gut check moment, I got gut checked probably 2021 December so two months into working in my office, but that's when like I had not proposed to Mariah yet. I had been with Mariah almost five years and I'm just sitting there. I'm like, all right, Sam, you told yourself that you wouldn't propose her during your master's program. Cause that's school. You said you weren't going to propose her during Cairo school. Cause it's school. Cause it's life. 
So when are you going to do it? When are you going to propose her? And that's where I, again, I had a ref, uh, just reflected on it. Like, man, I let school and that school mentality and that discipline mindset rule me too much. And so I'm like, yeah, I got to get my, you know what together. So mm-hmm. that December went out, told her parents like, Hey, we're doing this. Went and bought the ring. February 26th of last year, proposer and getting married this May. So mm. yeah, I can do it. I can commit. Yeah. I can, I, can, I, can, <laughs> I can break the mental boundaries. Do you feel like you needed to go through all those events from masters to Cairo school to, to really feel this newfound sense for me? So it, yes. Cause it makes me understand and have empathy on people that don't understand it yet because it's i think there's more power in people experiencing their own experience and witnessing other people do it as opposed to you getting up on a stage or yelling at somebody like hey you need to do this and do that because they're never fully going to grasp the other senses when it comes to experiencing it or seeing it play out directly I think experience is the biggest it's like you've said on like your podcast and stuff you'll have people that'll come in and like i've seen them too in our practice where i did a thyroid panel and everything's normal i'm already working out five days a week an hour at a time tracking my macros doing all this stuff and they just told me to work out harder and eat better when in reality, they're just still gaining weight and they can't explain it. And the weight gains is so rampant. It's your body is the, like, listen to your body because your body is going to be the biggest thing to tell you, Hey, what's going on. And just the experience of that. Yeah. There's no circuit that reverberates more efficiently yeah. and faster than what we all have been gifted with. Yeah. Mm. Do you, have you forgiven yourself for thinking that way and for sort of acting that way? That's a good question. Um, yeah, there's, I mean, because there's the difficulty with that because that mindset has proven to be effective at getting stuff done. Exactly. But it's also prevented me from seeing other things. So that mindset, what that mindset lacks is humanizing. And I've been told that it's our lead doctor says, he's like, you got to learn to humanize stuff. And I'm like, oh, like literally today, um, because it's funny, I'll just kind of say whatever I want because we have that kind of relationship. Um, it was funny today. He went up to Mariah. He's like, hey, are you working on Sam's personality? How's his, how's his personality been? And Mariah's like, I can't do anything for him. Like, I can't. That's like moving a boulder. I'm like, yeah, I'm working on it. I'm working on it, Dr. Matt, if you're ever going to listen. I imagine she's so thankful for this newfound state you're in. Oh no, I am so, I am so thankful for, because it's helped, this experience has helped so much, even just a relationship basis. I mean, yes, the professionalism and becoming much more better as a doctor is great, but just learning what it's like to work with her, what are their dynamics like, how does that translate to coming home? <laughs> how does that translate to talking about work at home on the weekend? things that she goes through things things that I go through it's 
and there have been challenges like anything, but there's been good things with it. And regards to the challenges and the good things, like I would not have, I don't regret leaving where I was and doing this. Mm. And for those other of us out there who either work with our spouse or work with our significant other, speaking for a friend here, have you found anything dramatically helpful as in, you know, when we're at the office, we obviously talk about that when they're at home, maybe we give ourselves 30 minutes and post dinner, no more work talk. Yeah. So we haven't really set a time frame of like, Hey, it's eight o'clock at night. We're done talking work. Um, typically when it's going to bed, stop talking, stop talking about it. There's no point to talk about it. And then other than that, there are give and take scenarios. So ultimately it's, Hey, come home. We can say a few minor things, but if there's something that's really big that needs to be addressed, I'll hold back or she'll hold back and then we'll wait for like a more pleasant moment. So if like we're going out to dinner and that's a fairly enjoyable experience, that's when we'll be like, Hey, I noticed this going on this week. What's up? Or we'll reciprocate that stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Still, still some things to work on, but overall it's, it's been great. Especially when just so much of your time together, if you think about it, it's more of it right now is probably the work together than the be together. So when that occupies so much of your time, it's easy to let it occupy so much of your conversation outside of that arena. Yeah. And it's very interesting because so like Mariah, so like our personality, like shocker to you, not, no, not really, but like, cause you've seen us in school, but like Mariah and I are very different people. Like I am kind of the solitude, work on your craft kind of dude. I can, I can be by myself. Mariah is somebody who's like, she grew up as a twin. So it's like, I need somebody right here, right now with me to talk to me and hang out. Um, it was funny because this weekend, uh, like we did our date nights and everything like that. But then Sunday, went and worked out our CrossFit gym, came back. And she's like, yeah, I'm just going to watch some movies today. I'm like, all right, cool, great. I'm going to go listen to my audio book or whatever. So I'm listening to my audio book. An hour goes by, comes into comes into the door and she's like, can we do something? do something together and I'm like <laughs> it's only been an hour and she's watching the twilight films now she's uh she's uh she's watching the extended versions it's gosh those films have aged I know I can believe it mm. <laughs> it was cracking me up I'm like but it's it's uh and we uh you know the enneagram tests like oh numbers yeah and all oh that yeah stuff. yep you're probably a five <sighs> aren't you so I've taken it again I'm an eight now. Really? So I don't know if I fully believe it. I kind of believe it, but then I kind of don't. Part of me is just like I've changed my mindset a lot. Um, but yes, I used to be a five, 100% a five. But then I realizing, analyzing every single thing, oftentimes will not get stuff done. <laughs> You're just going to be analyzing forever and ever and ever. The phrase and out paralysis by analysis becomes so evident. Yes. 100%. Yeah, Haley and that's I... Another, no, go ahead. Go ahead. I was just going to say, like, that's another big revelation I've come to. It's like, it doesn't matter what you're telling the person, whether it's super simplistic information or you've spent a lot of time thinking about it, just go with your gut and just speak in the person or do what you need to do. Stop thinking about it and just do it. Because there are tons of people in this world that are just, just do it. 
and the people that are just sitting there thinking and thinking and thinking and thinking are, they still haven't even crossed the start line. Mm. I'm reading, there will be a point to this. I'm reading Meditations by Marcus Aurelius. I don't know if you're familiar with that. I am not, but I like Marcus Aurelius. Oh, yeah. Stoicism. So it, yeah. It, so he's, for those of you who aren't aware, he's, I guess you could sort of call him the father of Stoicism. So the book Daily Stoic by Ryan Holiday probably has a lot of things in there from Marcus Aurelius. But this book is called Meditations. It's essentially hit the reflections on his life. And people see him as a philosopher. And the, the pushback against philosophy is all they do is talk with no action. And I remember I could pull it out of my phone, but I want to pull it out. There's a quote he says in there that philosophy is meant to alter the way in which we act. So it's, it's, and it's almost a sense of reflection in order to then act in subsequent events differently. So that's where I almost see a bridge where analysis can still be used very productively and effectively rather than just for sake of pure conversation. Yeah. Um, my biggest thing with analyzing that it was, and this was like reflecting on my entire life, like even going back from all my coursework, even high school and just being a kid, just like analyzing like, okay, what do I need to do more of to do this? Or like, am I doing enough? Am I not doing enough? Well, maybe I shouldn't do that. And it's like, no, just, just be, just do. You're going to, you'll, you'll mess up. You'll learn about it, but then just course correct. And I've heard so many stories and that's the biggest thing with the five personality that I've read about is like their analysis paralysis. I'm like, well, I got a lot of aspirations of, of things I want to do and I want to do for people. And I can't, I can't, for me to be effective, I can't just sit here and think about it over and over and over again. So whatever avenue I choose, I have to get up and I have to move. I have to learn as I go. Mm. And I think a lot of times that can be so hard because sometimes it's, isn't it fun to analyze? Oh, man. <laughs> right? Like it's it's so enjoyable it is. sometimes. It is. Because like I'll talk about, I'll talk about things to our other doctors, team doctors. And they'll look at me like, what are you even talking about? Like, what are you talking about? Um, <laughs> like, I'll, I'll, and I'll go from everywhere. I'll, I'll bring up, I'll bring up literature, like evidence-based literature. I'll bring up principle. I'll bring up religion. I'll bring up all types of stuff. And like, Sam, bring it down. Go talk to this person who's not even think about those things and go help them out. Like, all right, okay, I will. One so. sentence. It, yeah. And it's, it's, it's then also fun. You can correct me if you feel differently to bridge the gap between the evidence-based and the philosoph or in the philosophical crowd. It's almost as if the world thinks it can only exist in the dichotomy where when you come in the middle, have you had these like, profound revelations from a, a level of thinking that was more centric? So elaborate that just a little bit more. Yeah. So you have people like we talked about earlier, who are sheerly evidence-based and they only think about life through the lens of that. And then people philosophical who only think about life through the lens of that. Whereas again, if there's ever, ever, if there's ever anything in life that lives at the extremes, a good answer is probably found in the middle. Oh yeah. 100%. Yeah. 100%. Um, I think that's where you can't always have that type of mindset because then people will 
sometimes you have to be a little bit more on the extreme side of one or the other so people can see where you're going and they'll follow that. But then when it comes back to practicality, that's where you approach them with that. Hey, there's this. It's been proven time and time again. Do it. Um, I mean, it's I mean, I think that's that applies to nearly everything, especially with um, Christianity, uh, Christianity and faith, because so oftentimes we think we have to we got to be this set, set of principles forever and ever and ever not realizing, well, no, we all. In terms of scripture, we all fall short of the glory of God and we're going to make mistakes. But it doesn't mean you can't strive to be better and work on it. We just have the expectation that you're all human. It's, mm. it's like why last night after our CrossFit uh, class, Mariah was like, hey, let's be spontaneous. And we went and we had a hamburger. <laughs> I really didn't want it. And I felt it in my gut all night. But I'm like, all right, cool. Mm. They, got, they got homemade ketchup. <laughs> that sounds scrumptious, actually actually really good <laughs> yeah it's almost it's kind of like a memory dividend choosing the experience over maybe the strict health practice so yeah when you when you do stuff like that do you is your gut feeling now still to say oh, i don't want the hamburger yeah i'm yeah. still yeah i am still more um keep the regiment keep the task like i like meal prepping everything planning everything out um, one thing I'm trying to do is gain weight with working out. And so that, and eating clean with that is extremely difficult. So when, and that's, but that's also the unique thing with relationships, especially having a partner, it's filling in where you are deficit in. So I am able to give Mariah a lot more struck. Like literally Mariah was talking about like, man, I remember when I first met you and going through all the stuff you've made me so better at this, 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 like I would have never done this ever in my life. And I'm like, well, you've done a lot of stuff for me. Like last, what was it? Last Friday, um, we went and saw the second avatar, which I really did not want to, cause it was like three hours long, but I saw good reviews. I'm like, all right, we'll go do it. But I mean, like we went to a movie theater that was like a bistro theater and I had alcohol for the first time. in I don't know how long because I'm like, eh. I'm going to have an old fashioned tonight just to treat myself. So it's helps me doing that. Cause I know how much of a, I know how sharp I can be. So it helps kind of dull that a bit. So I'm not too, it makes me more relatable. And I think that's a, a big crucial thing. You don't want to seem unrelatable because if you're so unrelatable, if you seem to be so out there with your thought process, then it's going to be difficult for people to, follow you because then they're going to be like, well, I can't replicate what you do. Thank you all for trusting me to be a part of your day's experience. If you enjoyed the show and found it informative or maybe entertaining, I invite you to share the love by leaving the rating you think I'm deserving of on your podcast platform of choice. Or if you're watching on YouTube, make sure you do all the things like comment and subscribe if you care to see me ramble any more than you already did today. And for more free content and guides, you can check out my clinic website at www.hivenaturalhealth, all one word, forward slash free dash resources. And until next time, my friends, trust in your gut.